Virtual events will be the norm for the foreseeable future. So how can you stand out when presenting at a virtual event? Let's grab a coffee and talk about it some more. Welcome to episode 260 of the Marketing and Finance Podcast. This is the podcast for ideas and inspiration on marketing your business and growing your business and for discussing topics on all things finance. I'm Roger Edwards, a marketing guy and keynote speaker from Edinburgh. Talk to me if you want to cut the BS and the complexity from your marketing strategy. Hello and welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Thank you, as always, for downloading or streaming the show. I really do appreciate you taking the time to plugging me and my guests into your earphones. This week, however, it's just me and the mic, and I want to talk about virtual events. Do you know, it's funny. Last October, November 2019, I just finished a small tour of Europe and the UK doing presentations in companies like Albania, Chechnya, and throughout the UK, including London and Manchester. And it's amazing how things have changed over the last year. As you know, at the start of this year, the first six months, my diary was full of speaking engagements and marketing strategy workshops, and all of them disappeared as a result of the pandemic. Now, of course, most events are virtual, and I think that that's likely to continue for a considerable amount of time. Even with a vaccine, I guess it will be at least a year before we start seeing real-life events coming back, or at least massive real-life events. You know, those sort of conferences in big event conference halls like the Glasgow SEC and that sort of thing. And even then, I think that going forward, we will see combo events where maybe they let in a socially distanced number of people and back that up with some sort of live transmission so that they can still get the same levels of audiences, but some of it's live and some of it is virtual. And over the last 12 months, I've been to quite a lot of virtual events, as you would expect, sometimes as a participant, guest, and other times as a speaker. And I've experienced all sorts of levels of production. Now, Zoom tends to be the preferred delivery mechanism, or at least the easiest and, dare I say, cheapest delivery mechanism. And there are many more sophisticated events platforms out there. Eventy is one such platform that I experienced when I presented at the social media and marketing show. I was going to say in Scotland there. It's based in Scotland, but of course, it, it could have been watched by anybody throughout the world. But the bottom line is, is that the video interfaces of all of these platforms, Zoom, Eventy, whatever it is, all seem to rely on a similar sort of video quality, a similar sort of feel. And I've been to events that are all broadcast live, so quite literally the speaker will come up, sit in front of the camera, stand in front of the camera and deliver their presentation and we watch it as it happens. And then that speaker disappears to be replaced by the next one. I've seen events which are a combination of live and pre-recorded. And this is where you can start to have a little bit of fun. And I've been to events and I've been involved in events that are all pre-recorded. Now that does give you a lot of opportunity to experiment with video and perhaps do something a little special and something that stands out. But of course, pre-recorded is obvious that it's pre-recorded. So how can you go the extra mile 
in a pre-recorded event to make yourself stand out and to give that feel of interaction. Taking all of this into consideration, I thought it would be really interesting today on the Marketing and Finance podcast to just reflect upon the experiences I've had at these events and what I've done to try and make myself stand out as a presenter and and just discuss some of the things that you might do as well to make you stand out. Now, if you're a long-term listener of the Marketing and Finance podcast, you'll know that one of my mantras is... You need to be better, preferably different than your competitors. In fact, better is okay, but it's very easy for other people to beat you at being better. Being different is what's going to make you stand out. Being different is what's going to get people to notice you. So I've been thinking very carefully when I've been invited to speak at an event, a virtual event, how can I make myself stand out from the standard Zoom presenter? And that's what I want to talk about in the podcast today. So from my experience of these virtual conferences in 2020, as we've been locked down for the majority of it, here is tip number one. Treat any virtual event, treat any presentation that you're giving at a virtual event exactly the same in terms of preparation as you would as if it was a live event in a conference centre or in an event venue. Always sit down over Zoom, of course, or video conference and have an in-depth talk with the organisers about the goals for your talk. Why have they invited you to speak? What do they want their audience, i.e. their customers, to get out of your presentation? What are the messages? What are the takeaways? What are the learning points? What change do they want you to invoke within that audience as you speak to their customers? And once you've got that valuable insight, then you can build your script and locate your stories with that goal in mind, with those goals in mind. And I never start my preparation with PowerPoint slides because, and I've said this on the podcast before, if you start with the slides, the slides drive the script. The best way to do it is to, as I've said, speak to the people about the goals and then build the script up around those goals and those messages and those takeaways and those stories. And then at the end of that process, if you want to include slides within your presentation, by all means, create some slides to support that script. Hopefully those slides will be quite simple, maybe a picture and a few words rather than heading bullet point, bullet point, bullet point, bullet point. Make the slides support the messages rather than drive the presentation and worse, Never let the slides be your crutch or effectively a script that you're reading out. And if you were doing a real life event, you'd rehearse, wouldn't you? And there's no reason not to rehearse for a virtual event as well, especially if it's going out live. So the mantra is rehearse, 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 and then rehearse again. Be absolutely spot on. Know your messages. Now, I don't like to memorize a script because often that can come across as if you are effectively just reciting a script. I tend to memorise the opening and maybe memorise the closing, but in between my script comprises of bullet points that get me through the stories, get me through the points, get me through the learning messages. And of course, work with the organiser and do as many technical checks as you need to do. Because on the day, you don't want it to go wrong. I was involved in a webinar the other day and we did do a technical check in advance of the webinar, and one of the speakers was absolutely spot on. Video work, the audio was perfect. But actually on the day, 
this individual decided to use a different computer, a different laptop. And literally, as we were going live, this poor person couldn't get the video to work. And therefore, for the entire event, all we could hear was the audio, no video. I felt really sorry for that person. But unfortunately, they probably came across as a little unprofessional because they hadn't done the technical check. Now, it's all very well for me to say, fortunately, nothing like that has ever happened to me. But if you do the rehearsal, if you do the technical check, then it's more likely that it's going to go right for you. Second tip, and this is probably one of the most important. It's all about audio and visual. Please invest in a decent webcam and at least a decent lapel microphone. Production people always agree that people watching an event, and, and this actually goes to YouTube videos and, and any sort of video, to be perfectly honest, people will forgive slightly dodgy video. So if it isn't in HD and it's slightly fuzzy, they'll They'll forgive that video as long as the audio is crystal clear and they can easily listen to it without destroying their eardrums. But bad audio is likely to get them switching off very quickly. So it's worth, if you're doing lots of these events, to invest in a decent webcam and at least a decent lapel microphone. Maybe even go a bit further and buy a proper broadcast quality microphone. It's an investment in your professionalism. I've lost track of how many Zoom meetings I've been on or virtual conferences based around Zoom-type platforms where actually quite important people have appeared on screen all fuzzy and quite honestly in standard definition. And that's probably because they're using the webcam on a very old laptop. So the quality is rubbish. And these are really important people delivering really important messages and their visuals absolutely suck. Buy the HD webcam, or even better, use your mobile phone and use some software that will allow you to broadcast the signal from the mobile phone and use the mobile phone camera. And you can do the same with a DSLR camera if you have one. It's worth taking the time to investigate the alternatives to standard webcams. HD video these days is expected. Don't let the video image that you're projecting Give people the wrong impression about your own image and your own professionalism. And again, I've lost count of the times when I've seen people with the, the camera too low, so we end up looking up their noses, or the camera's too high and we're looking down on their shiny forehead, or their head is really low down in the frame, so all we can see is their head, and then there's enough space above their head to fly a jumbo jet over the top of it. It's worth taking a little bit of time just to frame yourself in the shot. Just have a look at how television presenters are framed in the shot. News readers, that's the sort of framing that you want to go for. Now, if you sat down, you can probably make sure that it's your head and maybe a third of your shoulders and chest. If you're stood up, you probably want to have a little bit more of your body in shot because when we're stood up, we naturally emote more. We maybe wave our arms around a bit more. Well, I certainly do. So you probably want more of you in the shot if you are stood up. But pay attention to the framing. Again, it makes you come across much more professionally and much easier to watch. And the final thing about audio and visual is that, and I don't know why this happens, but 
All sorts of video producers have said this to me. For some reason, video sucks the life out of you. So if you're normally quite animated and speak quite quickly, once you get in front of a camera, even if you are as animated and as fast as normal, when you watch it back, it'll look as if you've been slowed down. So if you go on camera and are slow to start with, the effect of the camera slowing you down will make you look even slower. So when you go on camera, it actually pays to be even more animated than usual, to maybe be even faster than usual. So when, for whatever reason, it creates that dampening and that slowing effect, you actually look as if you're at your normal speed and your normal level of expression. I've no idea why this happens, but it absolutely does. Just check out one of your videos, and I bet you, if you think, well, I really performed well there, and I was my usual exuberant self, and then you watch it back and you think, my goodness, I was actually quite slow and dull. So don't fall into that trap. Add that extra 20% and your video will look absolutely superb. Tip number three, how can you mix live video with pre-recorded video? Now I have to say, as a marketing consultant and speaker, I've enjoyed giving workshops in companies, at conferences, I've loved being on stage delivering presentations. But nowadays, I feel more like a video producer than I do a professional speaker. And that's fine. I'm learning new skills all the time. And it's helped that I enjoy vlogging. But if you have an opportunity to present at an event, even if the event is all live, you could make yourself stand out by adding in a little bit of pre-recorded video. Talk to the organisers. Would that be possible from a technical point of view? You know, you could start off live and then you could say, here's a segment where I go over some research results or here's a segment that I recorded earlier in a different location and make sure that they've got the ability to flip between you live and that pre-recorded video. Believe me, it really does make you stand out. It looks more like a professional broadcast and people are going to remember you for those changes. It's very interesting. Again, attention spans online are a lot shorter than they are in real life. So if you go to a, an, an, a real life conference, you would expect a keynote to be half an hour, maybe 45 minutes, even an hour. But online, people's attention spans are a lot shorter. To me, 10 minutes and you start to lose the audience. So you either make your speech last for 10 minutes, and I have been involved in a few events this year which have successfully had a series of seven or 10 minute speeches linked together, and they went down really well. But if you are wanting to speak for longer, make sure that something happens in your speech at least every seven to 10 minutes that changes. So it could be a change of location. It could be that flip from live to pre-recorded, and then a flip back from pre-recorded to live. Something that makes the the audience realise that something's changed, makes them sit up again, wake up again, and continue to be engaged by your presentation. So if you have it in your mind that every 10 minutes, 7 to 10 minutes, something's going to change, again, that will make you stand out from the majority of online presenters. And tip number four is all about slides. Now, again, I've gone from very early in my career where I was Mr. Death by PowerPoint to these days using very, very few slides. And in fact, as I said earlier, my slides tend to be just a 
photograph with a few words on to back up the points that I'm making within the presentation. But if you are going to use slides in your presentation at a virtual event, again, it's worth just finding out how do those slides become superimposed onto the video. Now, again, if, if you're using Zoom, then you tend to get that side by side. You get the slide and then you get your face. Now, that's okay, but half an hour of that and it can start to get a bit dull. So talk to the technical people. Is there a way that you can have the slides superimposed in a more exciting and a more engaging way? Now, some webcam software, and I'm thinking about the Logitech software that comes with Logitech webcams. It's called Logitech Capture. That actually allows you to superimpose slides physically within the video. So you could have the video in the bottom left-hand corner or the top right-hand corner, and you can flip the slides on and off. And that can create a much more professional-looking presentation than the side-by-side -side approach that happens in Zoom. Again, I'm just thinking back to that, can you change it up every seven to 10 minutes? And you can look at other solutions. There's a great piece of software from Elgato called ScreenLink. So you could actually be running the slides on your iPad or your phone and beam them into your Logitech webcam. And that means you don't have to keep pressing loads of buttons to flip between your webcam and the PowerPoint presentation, as you would even need to do in Zoom. You can make sure that you've got your phone there or your iPad and your computer screen. And again, it makes it easier for you, but it makes it much more engaging for the audience. So it's very important Death by PowerPoint is a cliche that hounds lots of in real life conferences. We don't want death by PowerPoint to become the norm for online events as well. So those were my four tips for standing out at a virtual conference. Number one, treat it the same as you would if it was real life and rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. Number two, invest in a decent webcam and microphone to boost the visuals. Make sure you sound good and make sure you look good. Make sure you're framed right, the lighting works. Number three, how can you mix live video and pre-recorded video to make yourself stand out? How can you make it change every seven to 10 minutes? And finally, number four, how do you interact with your slides if you have them? Can you do something different than that side-by-side -side zoom effect? And so now we've been through those four tips, I'd just like to give you a few examples of events that I've been involved in this year where I've tried to use some of those tips that I've just given you to enhance my performance and to make me stand out. And I'm going to look at an all live event, a combo event where it's live and pre-recorded and an all recorded, an all pre-recorded event. So the all live one, I guess in some ways this feels the most difficult because you've always got that fear in the back of your mind that something's going to go wrong. You know, your Wi-Fi might drop and, and that's, a, that's a possibility. So have you got a backup? Should have said that earlier on. And or the, there'll be some technical issue on the day the slides weren't with all the same sort of things that can happen at a real life event. But you won't have somebody immediately accessible in the AV team to help you out. Obviously, if you're sat in your home office and they're sat many miles away in their own production studios. I've seen a lot of people say that if it's 
virtual. It has to be interactive. Now, I agree to a certain extent, and you can make a virtual presentation interactive. They may have question features within the software that they're using. They may give you the ability to use polls. You might have a live chat underneath, and you can certainly build those into your presentation and interact with the audience, but don't overdo it. People are still wanting to hear good messages from you. People have come to listen to your solution to their problem, and that's what they want to hear. So one way of making it feel more interactive and more inclusive of the audience is maybe early on in your presentation to run a poll and say, I've got three things, three stories I can tell later on. I've got story A, I've got story B, and I've got story C. Each of them will demonstrate different elements of what I'm going to say, and vote and let me know which one you'd like me to end with. And then when you get the results of the poll, you can tailor your presentation so that you can make sure that you do what the audience asked. And that's quite nice. That gives them that involvement. That gives them that element of interaction. But I don't think it needs to be totally interactive, especially if it's a 10 to 15 to 20 minute keynote virtual speech. If it was a workshop and it was a longer event, then yes, maybe you'd want to make it a lot more interactive and a lot more personal. But for the speech, I think we can do things like I've said there set it up with a poll early on to shape the direction of your presentation later. Next, we come to the events, which are a combination of pre-recorded and live. Although, as I say, it's always worth talking to people if it's an all-live event to ask them whether you can slip in some pre-recorded video, because then it would come across even more professional if you do that. Now, I was involved in a fabulous event run by a company called Smileback. Love the name of that company, Smileback. And it was a conference for managed service providers. It was called Remote Connect now, again, as I said before, I had an in-depth conversation with the organisers of that event to find out what the goals were, what the messages they wanted their audience to hear, so that I could use that to build my presentation. They told me that the theme of the day was Back to the Future, which is actually one of my favourite films of all time. And and that immediately made me think how I could do something really interesting to make my talk stand out. So this, is, this was my thinking. I wanted to start the presentation with me, just my head, to the camera, saying something like, thank you for inviting me, and I've got a confession to make. I'm actually from the future. Yes, I travelled back in time from the year 2025 to be here today to talk to you. And I want to tell you about how this came about. And then we flipped to a pre-recorded piece of video. Now, this pre-recorded piece of video started with a caption slide that said 2025. I then superimposed a video of Edinburgh with a different planet in the sky to make it look a little bit futuristic. And then I shot myself, sat on my sofa, watching Back to the Future, but I'd used Adobe After Effects to make it look like I was watching a holographic version of Back to the Future, just to make it look a little bit futuristic. And then the screen changed, and then my friend Richard Tubb appeared on the screen, and again, I used Adobe After Effects to make him look like a hologram. He says, listen, Rog, managed service providers really need help with their marketing, and you're the man to do it. But here's the thing. There was a conference back in 2020 that you really should speak at. So now that we've invented time travel, and this is where I mentioned the FluxCap app, which was available on Apple, 
He said, you should travel back in time to the year 2020 to give that presentation. And I thought, yeah, that's a great idea. And we, and we conversed together. So I was sat on my sofa watching this hologram of my friend Richard Tubb. And then I went out into the garden and filmed a shot of me doing the run along at 18 miles an hour, jumping into the air and then jump cut it with a puff of um, explosion. So it looks like I was disappearing back to the future style. And then... The ending of the pre-recorded segment was 2020. And then it flipped back to me live. And I said, and that's how I ended up coming from the future to today to talk to you. Now, that was a bit of fun. But it, honestly, it really went down well with the audience. They absolutely loved it. And it, it did take a little bit of time. I'm not an expert at Adobe After Effects. I had to learn how to do this. But honestly, the effect was amazing. And the feedback I got from both the organizers and from the people watching the presentation was, was truly humbling. So it really is worth having a look at how you can mix live video with pre-recorded. And the final event I wanted to talk about was one which was all pre-recorded video. Now, in reality, this gives you the most scope because A, if you're pre-recording it, you can record it until you get it right. So you aren't going to make a mistake like you could do in a live environment. If you pre-record it and you make a mistake, you can just re-record it. It's absolutely perfect. But I've been to many events this year which have been pre-recorded, but the presenters have still used Zoom and the side-by-side -side slide approach to record their presentations. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not dissing it. It's a good way to record yourself in action, but it's what everybody else is doing. And we want to be better. We want to be different. So when I was given the opportunity to talk at the Scottish social media and marketing show, I decided that I would treat this as a video production. So rather than just being sat in one location using Zoom and using the side-by-side -side slides, I actually recorded segments of my presentation in different locations. So I got myself down to Fisher Harbour, near where I live, and I recorded the upbeat introduction actually at the harbour. Now, it took me a few takes to get it right because one day was quite windy. The other day, there was a microlight flying overhead. Uh, but it was worth it because the introduction looked vibrant. It was outside. It was probably not expected by the people watching. And then after the introduction, I cut back with a jump cut, maybe added a bit of a sound effect, so that I appeared then sat in my home office. And for about the next five to seven minutes, I was sat down. And then I got to a particularly important part of the presentation where I was telling a story. And again, I flipped it so that my location changed slightly. And this time I was stood up and I was framed, was more of my body in the frame. So I could be more expressive, use my arms more. And then after the story, I flipped back to a seated position. Now the presentation was about 20 minutes long and I think there were about three or four flips to different locations within that pre-recorded video. And that obeys the rule that I said before about changing it up every seven to 10 minutes, every seven to 10 minutes. It keeps the audience engaged and it just grabs their attention because something has changed. Now, of course, it takes a lot more work to put something together like that, but it makes you stand out and it makes it more likely that people are going to ask you back to help them out again at their next event. So I think it's worth investing the time to do something a little bit different like that.
Now, of course, I was pre-recording all of that with my DSLR camera, and what you can't do is put slides side by side with a DSLR camera. So I did the entire presentation as if I had the slides there to back me up. But of course, they weren't there. I just I just talked to them. And then in post-production, I used Adobe Premiere Pro to edit the video and to actually superimpose the slides over the video at the appropriate time. Now, I've been fortunate that I've developed the skills to use Adobe Premiere Pro over the last few years with my vlogging. And, and you may not have those skills. You may not want to acquire those skills. But if this is part of what you do for a living, it might be worth hiring somebody to help you to produce something a little bit more professional like this. Get them to edit your video. Get them to superimpose the slides for you. It really is worth it because it will make you stand out at virtual events. Now, you might think that one of the problems with an event that's totally pre-recorded is that there is definitely no audience interaction. But the social media marketing show in Scotland solved that by having a live chat facility within their eventee software that allowed the people watching the presentations to actually interact as the presentation was going on. So they could ask questions, they could post comments. And what the organisers did was encourage the presenters to be in that live chat as their presentation was running. So that's what I did. My presentation was up there. I could see myself on the screen and people were typing in comments below and I was answering those comments and people were asking questions and I was answering those questions. So even though it was totally pre-recorded, it still gave the audience access it still gave the participants access to me, the speaker. And I think that that was a really engaging way to create an online event, even though it was all pre-recorded. Do you know, I've had a lot of fun playing around with my speeches this year. I've enjoyed becoming a better video producer and a better video editor. I do look forward to getting back on a proper stage one day. But until then, I'm quite happy to try to do things different using a mix of pre-recorded and live video. Well, I hope you enjoyed that canter through some ideas as to how you can stand out at virtual events. If you've got any additional tips, please do let me know. Look me up at rogeredwards.co.uk or talk to me on Twitter at roger underscore Edwards. I'll be absolutely delighted to hear from you and listen to your tips and your ideas. Thanks for listening to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. I shall be back here next week with another show. Until then, keep marketing your business to keep growing your business. Thanks for listening to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF for links to the apps and topics and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes and leave a review. I'll catch you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep marketing your business to keep growing your business.